good morning. On this April 10th, 2020. Happy birthday to my sister, one of my sisters. Today and uh, also to those uh, who celebrated Friday or was celebrated Friday, one way or another. Let's reflect on what the Lord has done for us and forgetting that was the benefits to us. It's quite a sacrifice he made. <clears throat> we'll, we'll probably explain that a little more a little bit later. The title of this episode is called What Is Is. Things that are, are. You know, there's really no sense in denying that things are. As if there's been reasons why things happen. How long will we, as a whole, continue to label our troubles as eh, just one of those things. People can be as logical as they want. It doesn't change things. What is, is. Gloom and doom? Nah. It's not gloom and doom. Here we're going to give you a balance of love and justice. Now, 1 John chapter 2, verse 7 through 11 from the NLT, it says, this Jesus told him, this probably Saint, no, this one, Saint John or first? I forgot. I think it's first John, we'll see. Dear friends, I'm not writing a new commandment for you. Yeah, this is first John. Dear friends, I'm not writing a new commandment for you. Rather, it is an old one you have heard from the beginning. This old commandment to love one another is the same message you heard before. Yet it is also new. Jesus lived the truth of this commandment, and you are also living it. For the darkness is disappearing, and the true light is already shining. If anyone claims I'm living in the light, but hates a fellow believer, that person is still living in darkness. Anyone who loves a fellow believer is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. But anyone who, hates a fellow, anyone who hates a fellow believer is still living in darkness and walking in darkness. Such a person does not know the way to go, having been blinded by the darkness. Now there's a lot now, let's see. It may be hard to swallow for a lot of people, but it's the truth anyhow. If a person claims I'm living in the light, but they hate a fellow believer, that person is still living in darkness. Living in it. Anyone who loves a fellow believer is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. But anyone who hates a fellow believer is still living in darkness and walking in darkness. Such a person does not know the way to go, having been minded by the darkness. Now, when you hear something like that, you may feel insulted or you feel like, uh, oh, this is old-fashioned or, or this is one of them legalistic people talking. This is one of them old-fashioned, my grandfather's day and all that But it's still the Bible. No matter who you think is saying it or who you think may be trying to hit you over the head with it, they're just telling you the Bible. It's what the Bible says. And this is why we're having a lot of trouble in the church. 
A lot of people don't want to come to church. They don't want to get saved. They say there's too many foreigners in the church. And this and that. And, and unfortunately, there is a lot of foreigners going to church. But that still has nothing to do with when an individual's need to be saved. No matter how many hypocrites you come across, you still have to go to Jesus for yourself. So, person says, yeah, I'm saved. I'm living in the light. But then, you know, at the same mouth they say, oh, I can't stand that person. Oh, I can't stand him. I can't stand her. I hate them. Well, the Bible says, guess what? That you're still in, you're still in darkness. So that means you actually never really came out of darkness. And so that only this says, let me find it. You're living in darkness and walking in darkness. So you're walking in it, even though you feel like you're in the light. <coughs> Excuse me. And you're living in it, even though you feel like you're in the light. He says, such, such person does not know where they go. So we don't know where we're going. If we're still walking in darkness. Or still walking in hate. Still hating a brother or sister. You're still in darkness. That's why it's so important to love. Jesus ain't playing with that love. He's not playing with it. Now here's Ephesians chapter 3. Verse 16 to 20 from the NLT. This is a prayer that Paul hope that all believers, you know, believe in and pray for himself. He said, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, in other words, Jesus' glorious unlimited resources, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. <clears throat> Excuse me. And may you have the power to understand, as God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the forms of life and power that come from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. So what he's saying, <clears throat> he wants you to know how deep, how wide, how long uh, Christ's love is and how wide Christ's love is for us. He said, God's people should understand it, but you're never going to get it. And on this day that we call Good Friday and this past Wednesday, which is Passover, when Jesus actually went to a cross, <clears throat> we say, you know, we think of the sacrifice that he made. His sacrifice was for the whole world, from Adam to the cross, from the cross to the end of the world. Everybody can be saved by his blood. He had his blood is good enough and deep enough to save everybody if they wanted to be saved. But we know it's not going to happen. Everybody's not going to be saved. People are going to skimp their noses like they have been for centuries. And it's just going to continue.
But nevertheless, he's saying, I wish you could understand, man, the love of Christ growing us. He said, may you experience the love of Christ. Not just know it in your head, but experience it. To feel it in your heart, to, to have him work in your heart. Where you used to hate people, now you love people. Where you wouldn't lift a finger to help anybody, now you can't wait to help people. That's how Jesus changes you. Okay, let's go on now. Love doesn't take away justice. Okay, even though that's, this is why I said in the beginning, I'm going to try to show you a balance between the two. In the same Bible, there's love and there's justice. All this love that we're talking about, it doesn't take away justice. Now, is God in a way making us all over again? Now, this may sound strange, but this is only like a personal opinion of mine. But I see it kind of full and it seems like it. Is God making us all over again? I've heard prayers during this crisis, this coronavirus, and they seem to be asking God to let us know him as it should be. You know, a lot of prayers people are praying are like saying, Lord, let us know you like we're supposed to. So that kind of implies that um, I need to know you better or I need to know you all over again. And when you look at the way churches are falling and the, the attendance is going down and people are turning away from, from God and going different direction and all this injustice is happening and all these abominations that God hates are being passed into law, it kind of makes the church say, well, we need the power like the apostles had after they get, received the Holy Spirit. Like in the Acts of the Apostles, there were so many miracles and things going on. We need that to show itself now, again. So in a way, it's God making us over again. Because we, so many people are tired of church. Even even saints, they're, like, they're tired of the routine. Go to church and do this, quiet thing. We can get a few nice words, we go home. People are tired of that over and over again. So, <clears throat> and let me tell you, I believe after this crisis has passed, nothing's going to be the same anymore. We're not going to go, people oh, we can't wait to get back to the way it was. We're not going back to the way it was. This is a permanent change because the world needs a permanent change. We need a, we need to stop what we've been doing and take evaluation and come to Christ like we're supposed to. Now, have decades and centuries, have they slowly eroded the true essence, the power and love of Christ? In other words, like I'm saying, all this time has gone by. Have we turned it around for one thing, the church started with Jews, and now people are so anti-Semitic, we blame the Jews for Jesus' death, and when we should be together, we're apart. It makes no sense. Christianity and Judaism should be working together. It started with the Jews. Jesus told the woman at the well, salvation is of the Jews. But yet we treat the Jews like an enemy. Big mistake. So is it is it that the centuries have eroded the real meaning of things, or or is it, shall I say, or is it just a new dimension that Christ has taken us to? I believe it's that one. 
It's a new dimension Christ is taking his faithful children to. Now maybe since there appears to be more division in the visible body of Christ than unity, that's for sure. Maybe through preferences and trials and tests of our faith, and in some cases tribulations, he wants to bring us together so we can finally live and work as children of God, not as a bunch of misfits who refuse to live without sin, even though the Bible says it has no dominion over us. In other words, we still, we still uh, embrace sin like, like it's a must-have. And the Bible says it has no more dominion over you. We're supposed to be conquering sin. I think I even said before, even way back in the Genesis, before there was a law, God told Cain, look, the sin is at the door, but you have to master it. Because it's waiting to take you over, but you have to master it. See, before there was a law, he was telling people, you got to master sin. You got to master them evil films towards somebody else. You got to master uh, any other kind of sin. All wrongdoing is sin, the Bible says. You have to master it. And if we think we can't master it, then what are we doing? So once again, I ask, is God making us all over again? Now that's it. Just something to think about. My personal opinion is something to think about. Once again, now, love doesn't take away justice. This is Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 5, for the time is coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up a righteous descendant from King David's line. He will be a king who rules with wisdom. He will do what is just and right throughout the land. Talking about Jesus. Jesus came out of David's lineage. <clears throat> so he's gonna, so Jesus is gonna do what is just and right throughout the land. Just justice. He's gonna have his justice. So everything in us get those ice cream and, and peaches and cream. We gotta understand that there's two sides. I already said that. Jesus is the Lamb of God, and he's also coming back as the tribe, the line of the tribe of Judah. And you know how lions are. <clears throat> They're not lambs. Alright, this is Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2 from the NLT. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done. And today is a very good example of that, to reflect on that. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Sure enough, Romans, also chapter 5, but this time verse 12-13 in LT. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Yes, people sinned even before the law was given, but it was not counted as sin because there was not any law to break. Hmm, all right now? Now, you heard me talk about 
Christ being just, and then you just heard me talk about love. Now, here's justice again. Second Peter chapter three verse seven. Second here, right? Second Peter chapter three verse seven for the NIV. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. Now that's the New Testament, so you can't say I'm talking Old Testament. And even if I was, I'd still be, still be right. Because there's some stuff in the Old Testament that hasn't come to pass yet. But this happens to be Second Peter. Listen to it again. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. Now a person may ask, Lord, since you love us so much, why don't you just end things? I imagine that's what some mothers would like or probably ask. Oh, <clears throat> those being persecuted in like China or Russia or Iran. This is probably what they, they might have crossed their mind. Lord, since you love us so much, why don't you just end things? Let's just end it. Let's get this over with. Well, Second Peter chapter 3. Verse 9 and 10 for the NIV says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. That's right. So we want everything done yesterday, but God has a way of doing things. God's a slow cooker. We want everything microwaved. Throwing the microwave and you know, 20 seconds is done. I got my prayers answered, I got this, I got that. And the Lord lets some things go on for 20, 30, 40, 40 years. All generation even. So the Lord is not slow concerning his promise. As some people understand slow slowness, like I said, we want things yesterday. Instead, he's patient. Now remember, even though he wants everybody to come to repentance, he knows that everybody's not going to come to repentance. He also knows that those who do, he, the Father, has something to do with it. One way or another, he steered you towards Jesus. I mean, I believe that, but check out St. John 6 and 44. Uh, and then another question somebody says, okay, why are you going to end things in the first place? Why are you going to end things? Isaiah 24, verses 1 to 6 from the NLT says this. Look, the Lord is about to destroy the earth and make it a vast wasteland. He devastates the surface of the earth and scatters the people. Priests and lay people, servants and masters, maids and mistresses, buyers and sellers, lenders and borrowers, bankers and debtors. None will be spared. The earth will be completely emptied and looted. The Lord has spoken. The earth mourns and dries up and the land wastes away and withers. Even the greatest people on earth waste away. The earth suffers for the sins of his people. For they have twisted God's instructions, violated his laws, and broken his everlasting covenant. Therefore a curse consumes the earth. Its people must pay the price for their sin. They are destroyed by fire, and only a few are left alive. 
So he's letting you know everybody's going to be destroyed. So people might cover their ears and say, oh, I don't want to hear this. Talk about his love. I, I am. I'm doing both. Just think, if he didn't tell us this, does he really love us? If he doesn't tell us to watch out for this and to avoid this, to avoid him coming back and to give our life to Christ, if he didn't tell us, is that love? No, that, that's being slick. I'm just letting everybody die, go to hell, without saying nothing. No, he warns us. His warning is love. But he's letting people know, listen, this is what's going to happen to the earth. It's, I'm about to destroy the earth and make it a vast wasteland. Oh, don't say that. No, he's not. Yes, he is. But I don't mind hearing it. Well, whether you want to hear it or not, whether you never read this or not, whether you never look at any verses like this or not, it's still going to happen. So even if I ignore it, it doesn't stop it from being so. All right, once again, what's going One might ask, didn't this happen already? It's Old Testament. No, Isaiah and Amos, they talk about things that haven't even happened yet, even though it is Old Testament. So, no, now the flood was in Genesis, yes, but this is not a flood. It's fire. And this coincides with Second Peter. So the whole Bible goes together. This coincides with Second Peter 3 and 7, which I read just a little while ago. Another person might ask, but didn't Jesus pay the price for all sins? So this isn't going to happen, right? He paid the price for all sins, but you have to accept them. You have to come to repentance. And this is still going to happen to the earth because there's still going to be, be people who are not going to repent and who are not going to turn from their sins. So this is still going to happen. Yeah, but doesn't it say the earth suffers for the sins of its people? Sure does. And it is right now. You think you think this COVID-19 is a coincidence? No, it's not. Remember, this is global. So don't say, oh, God has nothing to do with this. God has everything to do with this. This is part of the beginning of the end. This is birth pains. Like the Bible says, it's the beginning of birth pain. I don't even think it's the beginning. It might be. But we know, don't be surprised with the weather turning around and civil unrest and racial tensions. Like I always talk about those, those couple things. Don't be surprised, not to mention the political divide. I mean, it should shock you that even now, with people dying like they are, the conservatives and liberals are still fighting with each other. Can't work together for nothing. When you get a certain age, you're not going to turn anyway. You know, don't, don't expect people like Trump, Pelosi, and Schumer to, to turn their ways. They're, they're in their 70s and 80s. They ain't, they ain't turning. Pelosi's 80 years old. She ain't changing. Trump is what, 72? Something like that. And Schumer's 67, 68, 68. Something like that. These people are old. They ain't changing. Well, they're up there in age. They ain't changing. They are who they are. So once again, the person who says, but didn't you just pay the price for all sins? So isn't this, so this isn't going to happen, right? Well, once again, I take this Second Peter and the book of Revelation. Something's going to happen to the earth. That's why they did the book of Revelation. 
Now, 1 John 2, 15 to 17, NLT. And this is very important. People don't like to hear this, but you, you can't have both. It says, do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away, along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. So you can't have the world and have Jesus too. You just can't. You know, I love the things of the world. If you love the world and all technology and everything that's going on, I'm not saying you shouldn't use it. But I'm saying, if you love it to the point where I, I'm going to keep the world, have a little bit, 50% world, 50% Jesus, uh-uh. That's not going to work. Not even 99% Jesus and 1% world. No, you got to be Jesus 100%. See, the world is fading away. So everything you make it attached to down here is leaving you. It's leaving. You can't do anything about it. It's going to leave you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure. You know that's true. A craving for everything we see. You know that's true. And pride in our achievements and positions. Everything is, oh, look what I did. Look. This is what I got. I got this award. Oh, look at this. Even now, with people coming together, and that's good. People coming together to help each other. The only problem is we're giving ourselves too much credit. We're saying, oh, look what we did. We're coming together, and we did this, and we did that. God's getting tired of all this. We, 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 I, I, I. He's tired of that Nebuchadnezzar spirit. Everything is, I, I did this, I did that, I did. He's tired of that. God hates pride. Because one of the first things he hates is pride. I did this, and so, so he gets no glory? Oh, you think it's a coincidence? That just what happens is virus is going to peak around Resurrection Sunday? The numbers are starting to have start to come down since Passover? Or a little before? No, that coincidence. He just wants us to reflect on him. Now, I asked some from Lamentations. So, I, like, before I start that, so I hope you understand, you can't love the world and love Christ at the same time. Yes, you have to do things in the world. Yes, you have to shop. Yes, you have to pay your bills. Yes, you have to pay your taxes. Yes, you have to do this. Now, okay, we know what to do now here. Even Jesus said, Render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. So yes, you have to do things down here while you're here. We know that. When I'm saying that, I said love the world. In other words, I put my time and affection in the things other than Jesus Christ. I put my love into the worldly system. I think a Republican or Democrat is going to save the world I'm out of my mind. If I think that. <clears throat> but anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. Gotta be saved. That's how you're gonna please God. You can't please God in the flesh. And you won't. 
You said, well, can I bypass being born again and just please God? It's not going to work. Because you're going to try and do it on your own. And the flesh is never going to want to do what God wants to do. All right, now let's go to Lamentations. Lamentations chapter four, four books. Lamentations chapter three, verse 22 to 26 from the NLT. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. So it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. So it's it's good uh, to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. Now, salvation, uh, the Jewish word of salvation, or for Yeshua, is salvation. And Jesus is salvation. I said that right. Yeshua is salvation. So his very name means salvation. So wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. So if you want to say wait for Jesus to make a difference, yes, wait for Jesus. Now Lamentations was the book after Jeremiah. After Jeremiah they all prophesying for approximately about 40 years telling them the Lord is going to destroy this place and going to do this. And just like people today who don't want to hear prophecy, they say, oh, no, it's not going to happen. The Lord loves us too much. He's not going to destroy us. He's not going to do anything to us. And people say, the same way they're saying today, they say in Jeremiah's day. And what happened by the time you get to the Book of Lamentations? Jerusalem was destroyed. But then, so by the time we get to chapter 3, you heard what I said, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. Never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Isn't that wonderful? No, that doesn't mean to keep going sinning and sinning like you lost your mind. Just because his mercies are new every morning. That's not what he's telling you. Because Romans uh, chapter 6 one also tells you that shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that did to sin live any longer therein? That's a King James version. I think NLT says, uh, so are we going to continue sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. If we did to sin, how can we continue to live in it? So don't think that just because his mercies are there every day, it gives you a right, a license to sin. No. And if you have that kind of mind, you better check your salvation in the first place. All right, let's keep going here. <clears throat> Next thing is, now you're confused because I keep going back between love and justice. But I'm in the same Bible. I'm in the same book. And a lot of times I'm in the New Testament. Lamentations was the Old Testament, but still. I'm going back and forth. Now, I'm not trying to confuse anybody. But I'm doing it unlike folks who think that God is either or. You know, they think he's mean and a murderer. And then other folks think that he's all loving and he's never punishing. 
Well, hopefully we're showing a balance. So in a nutshell, here's the deal. God built a house where he wants everyone to go to, loving him now through his son, Jesus Christ. God wants us to accept his son, excuse me, hence to turn born again, before he destroys those on the earth who don't accept his son. These signs of famines and plagues and earthquakes, volcanoes, weather, tornadoes, of hurricanes, signs in the sun, moon, and stars, and the weather, like I just said, the hurricanes, tornadoes, these are all precursors to his return. So they say, oh, well, these things have been going on forever. Yeah, when you see the intensity and the frequency of them, when they start getting closer and closer together, that's how you know you're close to the end. It's not, we're not saying they never happened before. We're saying notice the intensity and the frequency of them. Now, well, no, I'm gonna go there. Now, here's, here's a more practical example. Let's say you're, a, well, well, this is a practical. <laughs> Let's say you're a superhero, right? Get superhero powers, but and you have some children. Now, your little child plays in a cesspool. You still love them, of course, even though they're dirty and stink. Now, let me stop right there. <clears throat> a lot of people from the homosexual community or LGBTQI plus community feel that if you say anything against their lifestyle, it means you hate them. No, you don't hate them. Just because the Bible is against your lifestyle does not have anything to do with me hating you. I'm not supposed to hate you. You've heard this said a hundred times. Hate the sin, love the person. You say, well, I don't get that. Well, you can't get it in a calm mind. But we'll try to make it as plain as possible. That's why I said your little child plays in a cesspool. You still love them, right? You don't, you don't say, oh, well, drown in a cesspool. I don't care about you no more. Stick your head under the water or under all that gook. Stick your head down there and die. I don't want you anymore. You're not coming alive. I don't love you no more. You don't say that to your child. You still love them, of course, even though at the time they're now dirty and stink. You clean them up, and, and since you have these superpowers, you plan on getting rid of all the cesspools on the earth by fire. Because cesspools are messing up a lot of kids. Not just your kids, but other kids too. Now this fire that you want to have will consume the whole earth and you don't want your child anywhere around it because you love them so much. So you and your child go far away from the destruction of the earth. So that, that's put in a nutshell for people who are not safe trying to help them understand a little bit of you want to get away. That's just what God's going to do. He's destroying the earth because people have violated his laws, have twisted his instructions like I read before in Isaiah. And Jesus and God is getting tired. God's, God's getting tired. When that cup of the iniquity gets full in any place, God's going to move. And the only reason I believe God has to enter things yet is because of the cup of iniquity is not full.
He's knocking on our door one more time with this with this coronavirus and whatever's coming afterwards. Afterwards, knocking on our door to get us a little I tell you, things are not gonna go back to normal. Oh yeah, people may go back to work and people may do certain things, but a lot of things are gonna change. A lot. A lot of things are just gonna be different than they were before. And that's what God is after. He doesn't want us to go back to the same old, same old. He wants us to turn to Him. And now pay attention to the Our Father prayer. When Jesus taught His disciples the template of how to pray. When He said, Our Father who art in heaven. Our Father. He's not just my Father. He's our Father. And by who wants Him. Our Father who art in heaven. His, his initial, His his main place, he dwells in heaven. Yes, he's everywhere, but he dwells in heaven. Hallowed be thy name, holy is thy name. Your kingdom come, and believe me, it is. Your will be done. Now, now we say that, but do we really mean it? Your will be done? Because his will is being done now. All through the Bible, he says, I was going to shake up the earth one day. And they starting to shake it. People say, oh, God, has nothing to do with this. He's full of love. Uh, you've been a kid reading about, yes, he is full of love. I'm not taking that away from you. But he's not going to, the whole reason he's knocking on our door like this is to get us to turn to Christ. So that's where you come in with your, with your love and you tell people about it. But people have to understand that things like this are going to happen in the world. Why? Because we violated his laws and twisted his commandments around. And we did whatever we were bad enough to do. And like I said in First John, we love the world too much. <clears throat> we have all this pride in our achievements and positions. I this, I that. Big mistake when you start talking about I, I, I. God will put up with it for a while, but after a while, he's not going to put up with it. He said, but that's being mean. No, that's, be, that's tough love because he wants you to come to him. It's all in direction for us to come to Christ. So whether you want to do it tiptoe through a tulips kind of way, or whether you want to do it, you know, with tough love, the bottom line is he wants us to come to Christ because he loves us. Didn't I say he built the house and he wants all of us to dwell with him? He wants us to be with him forever. Sometimes we have to knock people over the head for them to come. So be it. As long as our soul is saved. That's what counts. Thy kingdom, that will be done in earth as in heaven. Or on earth. Some people say in earth. Some people say on earth. The bottom line is, let your will be done. In me, and let it be done on earth. No matter what we say, we want God's will to be done, hopefully. And it's being done right now. Give us a day of daily bread. Not wonder, not home pride, like I said the other day. But where we need spiritually, feed us with that, Lord. Help us, Lord, to understand things. And forgive us our debts. Anything we did wrong, forgive us, Lord. Don't let anything be hanging over our head that you're going to bring up later and embarrass, we're not going to embarrass us, but we're going to embarrass ourselves. 
forgives our debts as we forgive our debtors. So you have to forgive. The Bible says if you don't forgive your brother or sister, your Heavenly Father's not going to forgive you. So you have to forgive. When it's not temptation, He's not going to lead you into temptation. He doesn't tempt anybody with evil. But you want Him to deliver you from evil. There's an evil world. Anytime you come across anything evil, Lord, give me an hand. I don't have anything to do with it. <clears throat> but that has gives the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Everything belongs to the Lord. We don't owe. We don't own anything. We're, we're uh, how you say it? we're sewers over it. In other words, we watch it for a little while, and then we're gone. No, no, I don't have that scripture. I left the NLT in the, in the bedroom. But anyway, when you get a chance, read the 26 number of Psalms. That's something you really have to know who you are, know how you stand with Christ. Because David was very sure. In other words, he's saying, I've worked on my integrity. So, do we have integrity? Or are we fly by night? Are we like a, a wave of this a wave of the sea driven and tossed? You can't be double-minded in this race. So what is is what you see is. Now this is temporary, but it still is. Right now it is. God wants us to turn to him, let's do so. In Jesus' name. Stay blessed. And remember, God loves you, and we have to have our balance. Not trying to be mean, trying to get us to see that God is a God is a God of love and justice. In Jesus' name, God bless you. <clears throat> Stay encouraged in the Lord now. Don't get cabin fever. <laughs>